Oh, so you don't like it when I drink? What other secrets have you been hoarding to use against me? Oh, now let it go. It's not always going to be perfect. We've been married for ten years. Oh, I didn't realize you've been counting the years. Is it that horrible living with me? Well, this morning isn't a barrel of laughs. It is to me! Marge, I can't live like this. I'm tired of walking around on eggshells. Maybe if you didn't throw them on the floor. Now you're just making up rules. Who made you Judge Judy and Executioner? Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode EAB F12. It is Three Gays of the Condo. I am Dando. I am Guy. What a fabulous episode. No, sorry, that was. A you bit, had to go straight for the cliche. That was a little stereotypical, but hey, so was this episode. It really was, wasn't it? Yeah. In a good way. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, uh, I, I don't say I was going here with low expectations, but I thought, mm, okay, early 2000s. That's the Guy Davis way. <laughs> Keep your expectations in check. <laughs> but early 2000s, stereotypes ahoy, could be a little insensitive, maybe wouldn't fly in 2021. I'll tell you what, the, the gay content in Three Gays of the Condo was actually probably more sensitive and insightful and fun and inclusive than other parts of the episode. I mean, my problem with this episode was primarily... Marge, when are you going to forgive Homer? It's like... The, the story. Marge did nothing wrong. I don't think Marge is in the wrong here. <laughs> I'm like, what, why is Lisa saying Marge just apologise to Dad? I'm like, for what? Yeah. <laughs> for, for having, you know, sort of second thoughts about marrying a booze hound <laughs> who, who would rather play asteroids than play with his, you know, his girlfriend. And, <laughs> and then stay with him. And raised three children, and she's at fault. I was, yeah. I was like, I, I don't think this episode really understood. I, I couldn't think of a reason to. I mean, it won the Emmy for most outstanding animated feature under an hour or whatever. But I'm like, how? I don't understand how this is the basis for Homer's resentment of Marge. He, at the start of the episode, they make a joke about Homer's alcoholism. Yes, you know, about having the um the intervention. The, uh, the intervention, yes. And then he judges Marge for not wanting to potentially spend the rest of her life with with a guy who's a drunk. Despite the fact that he's just acknowledged that he is still a drunk yeah. 10 years later. <laughs> what the fuck? And on top of all that, look, I can understand Homer having all manner of bad and confusing feelings about finding out, oh, early in a relationship, oh, wow, no, she she doesn't like me or she doesn't respect me or she doesn't love me or whatever. or And that causing a bit of a rift or a schism in your relationship. But for yeah, the tone of the story to say... Oh, Marge, just forgive Homer. You've hurt his feelings. It's like, well, maybe this is the time for Homer to take a good hard look at himself, <laughs> which which he sort of does to some degree, but then he's enabled by Mo. We'll get to that when we get to that. But, yeah, that story driver was faulty <laughs> for mine, was, yeah, not great. But a lot, of this, a lot of other stuff in this episode was really good, and we should probably focus on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but it's important <laughs> that we acknowledge that the elephant in the room, which is the, 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 the basis of the story. <laughs> like, yeah. it, just, it, it just made absolutely no sense. Uh, it would have been maybe better if Homer... It would have made more sense, I should say, for Homer to find that letter and go, Marge, I'm not going to hold you down anymore. I'm leaving. But still, that would make him come across like a, an asshole because he's leaving his kids behind. So yeah. It's just, I don't know... Come up, come up with another way that makes sense. <laughs> and not, don't make Marge... Homer's not the victim here. And I know by the end of the episode, he finally is about to realise 
maybe alcohol is the reason. Mm. And then Mo shoves the, the bottle down his throat. But for every other character in the show to also think that Marge is the bad guy here, especially Lisa, I thought, what is going on? But you pointed out that it was very inclusive. And I went out of my way to ask several of my friends, uh, whether they be homosexual or bisexual, so shout out to Adam, Kane, and Maddie, what they thought of this episode. Mm-hmm. And they said they've always had nothing but great memories of this episode. They remember it being very, they felt it was very inclusive back in 2003 because we just had shows like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which were, it was starting to become prominent that yeah. you were starting to, they were starting to acknowledge homosexuality on TV in a way that wasn't just always the, the butt of a joke or, or mm-hmm. a punchline, right? And, I mean, The Simpsons are still doing that to an extent. But this episode was similar. They all, they loved it because they felt like everything, every joke that was made was done with love. It, it wasn't was. done to, to yeah. crack a joke and say, oh, how funny are those gay guys? No, that's not the joke. It's, it was all done with love is what they, they all said to me. Yeah, and look, there was a little sort of a bit of poking fun. Yeah, but they poke fun at everybody, though. You, you, to, to be inclusive, you've got to poke fun at them. Yeah, absolutely. But you're right, not in a, uh, in a mean-spirited way, I didn't think. No. Yeah, so this is the second episode based on homosexuality, the first one being homophobia. Mm-hmm. Took a completely different approach this time. The first time was Homer just not accepting it all, finding it weird, finding it crazy, not wanting to but to even hang out with uh, with John, dropped played by John Waters in, yeah. in that episode. This time here, he was far more accepting. It was almost like they just threw it out the window straight away, didn't they? Well, I did love that uh, Homer did acknowledge that he had sort of deep-seated uh, prejudices or whatever, but it was that's in one hand. The other hand is, uh, I've already put my laundry in your basket. <laughs> okay. <Yep. laughs> so that's how much of an issue it should be. Really. Yeah, yeah. And exactly right. And I did read a review, and the person tore this episode to shreds saying, oh, so one moment Homer doesn't like gays, now he's fine with it. I was like, yeah, but... A, you don't want to retread on that story. It's already been done. And mm. B, wouldn't it be more progressive and inclusive for him not to be? Yeah. And he's learned from that? Well, by the, I'm, I'm trying to remember the end of Homer's phobia. Basically, Homer is acknowledging to Bart, if you are gay, I don't mind. He, he's yeah. accepting of John in, in his own way. And he, I think he is here as well. I mean, he's... He took a few steps forward in Homer's phobia. He's taking a few steps even more forward in uh, in Three Gays of the Condo. I'll tell you, one person who didn't like this was Harvey Feierstein. Did you read that on the wiki page? I did not, actually. So, so he played Carl in season two. That's right, yeah. Fantastic character. They actually asked him to return, and he was going to be the character who would introduce Homer to Julio and Grady. Mm-hmm. He was not a fan of the script. Basically, what it oh. says here was that he was asked to reprise his role as Carl from season two. Uh, In the script, Homer was thrown out of the house by Marge and encountered Carl. The purpose of his appearance was to introduce a gay couple, being Julio and Grady, to Homer, Mm -hmm. who he would then live with. Firestein, however, felt that the script was a lot of very clever gay jokes and it just wasn't that Simpsons twist, Simpsons twist, and he turned down the role. He elaborated on this later on, stating, basically, Homer just had a lot of fun hanging out with gay guys and drinking in bars and dancing at discos and all that kind of stuff. But there was nothing. There was no commentary there. Oh, okay. Every restaurant had a silly gay name. The gym had a silly gay name. They were all double entendres, obviously. And I said to them, anybody could do this. You're the fucking Simpsons. Do something we haven't seen before. Hmm. Look, I see his point. Uh, but at the same time, I'm of a mind that, well, it doesn't necessarily have to have meaning or subtext or a message. I mean, sometimes the delivery can be the message. You know, if it's yeah. if the if the episode is done in a way that feels inclusive, feels uh, sorry, we're using the word inclusive a lot, but feels like it's no big deal. That that's what I think. I completely agree. If they yeah. hadn't made it like a big deal that Homer had to 
overcome a fear of something, yeah. a fear of homophobia or all that kind of stuff. Again, it's like that's pointing out that you think it's different. Yeah. The fact that it's not a very special episode makes it kind of a special episode. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I mean, look, not to disrespect Harvey Firestein, who did a fuck ton more for gay rights than I ever did in my life. But, um, and he's probably more of an authority on the topic. I mean, look, to each their own, of course. But uh, no, I, I honestly think that, uh, yeah, not making a big deal out of it shows progress, shows growth, shows forward movement. Particularly in an era where we're constantly pointing out, man, they're really making a lot of gay jokes here. Mm. That's why going into this, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be, this is gonna be fun." And in, and in all honesty, look, some of the stuff that Harvey is talking about there. I mean, some of the store names. I honestly was like, "That's really good." Scomore Bakery, <laughs> Scomore Bakery, alternative knife styles. I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Very good. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the episode won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program. Over Jurassic Park, which uh, you you took some issue with. Well, well okay. <laughs> Both good episodes, but Jurassic Park... That's kind of like, an all-timer. It's, kind of like, it's like Homer when he's watching, you know, Barney's film had heart, but football on the groin had a football on the groin. <laughs> that's, 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 that's like, Jurassic Park's one of my favourite Futurama episodes. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, if anything, that this beat it but i think the subject matter probably is what got over the line besides the fact that it was also just an entertaining episode which included two really good appearances one bit more shorter than the other so weird al yankovic mm-hmm. very short-lived on the episode but very memorable everyone seems to remember when weird al was on the simpsons yes it fit, fits right in as as you yeah. expected that he would but uh fits in about as perfectly as you would expect on the yeah. uh, on the simpsons you don't want too much weird al you just no. just just enough. He comes in, sings his song, does his shtick, that's it, he gets out. Yeah, and, you know, cleverly, they're like, we know you like Weird Al, the episode's over, but let's bring him back. Come on, encore, encore. <laughs> bring yeah, him back for the that, credits. They actually had to change the line in his final credits section. So the original line that he says was, oh, yeah, we've got time to feel. Why don't you go pee before King of the Hill? <laughs> However, prior to the airing of the episode, it was found out that King of the Hill had been moved to earlier before the episode aired, not after. It was actually going to be followed by Oliver Bean, a TV show. Oh, not too sure. Very short-lived, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the new line was sung, oh, yeah, Weird Al had fun on this show, even if it was just a brief cameo. Yeah. So that's what he ended up saying. Nice. Hey, my favourite. What was your favourite moment from the episode, Mr. Davis? I had quite a few. I have got to say, I, I like this episode. <laughs> I was a bit scared going into this review thinking, oh, guys, are either going to tear this to shreds or he's going to really enjoy it. I'm glad No, no, this was chock-a-block <laughs> with good visual gags, great one-liners. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm always a fan of a, of a shout-out and uh, Homer looking in his closet and saying, I forgot what he said was, come out and play, like a shout-out to the Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really good. Warriors! <laughs> come out and play. That's so... That's such a disturbing scene. Such a... Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually... Am, there's a Warriors uh, board game coming out, which I can't wait to get my hands on. Oh, good lord. Mm, good fun. <laughs> like I mentioned, I, I did like uh, the store names in the gay part of town. Uh, one that I really liked was... Um, a, 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 a very straight uh, neighbourhood, though. That's right. It's a very straight neighbourhood, despite all these gay bars. Or something. Or a lot <laughs> gay of gay, bo- bar. gay bookstores. That's <laughs> but uh, one of the... Uh, st- shop names I like was called Armistead's Mopeds, yep. which is yeah, a riff on the um, San Francisco author, chronicler of gay life, Armistead Mopan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, someone clearly knows their literature and their gayness. Um, so, yeah, that was I, good. I really liked Who's the Bear? Ruff, ruff. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. There's going to be people out there that will say that's offensive and it's putting it down, but it's 
like I said, I asked all, uh, not all my friends. Yeah. I asked several of my friends from that community and they all said that they thought it was just all done with love and f- fun. I think you can see that after that bit, when the tram goes past, and that's a bit of a San Francisco shout out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice to meet you, Stuart. <laughs> I thought that was, was like that winning combo of just sweet and funny. I like that yes. a lot. Yeah. But you know the thing is too, like jokes like that, you could still imagine someone saying that on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other bit that I... Well, first of all, when um, when Grady makes breakfast and Julio's not that keen on it, Homer oh, calls yeah. him Picky Ricardo. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's, You're really writing his butt, and not in a good way. I mean, I'm, that's a cheap game, but God, it was funny. Yeah. Um, and the other bit that I liked was... Oh, Homer being tired of walking on eggshells, and it's because he's thrown eggshells all over the floor. Uh, it's the again That's a devil's advocate, isn't it? It's so it's it's up there with devil's advocate. You never see it coming, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, the minute he said eggshells, and you know the fact that he's made this shitty egg breakfast was meant I, to be a waffle. <laughs> it's like no, it was meant to be mu- wasn't it meant to be a muffin? Oh, a muffin. Sorry, it's like, <laughs> I, I, me- I was making a muffin or something. But yeah, he's, he's walking on eggshells. Yeah, but Stop uh, throwing them on the floor. You, you just knew that was coming, but it was just perfectly written, perfectly delivered. I liked it a lot. Well, you've, you've actually covered a couple of mine, but I've got one of Nicola's favourite moments here. Oh, because she watched this episode with me and she really enjoyed it, and she got a big laugh. She really enjoyed when Lisa compliments Julio's hair, and he says, "If I was a ten-year-old boy, <laughs> a ten-year-old stripper, I'd totally be holding your hands right now." <laughs> and you get that little giggle from Lisa. Oh, we, yep. I think we like Lisa giggling. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, I'd be totally holding your hand right, right. now. <laughs> Nicholas thought I was... Nicholas loved that. Yeah, so very, very good episode. Next question. You there, eating the paste. My first question for you from Three Gays of the Condo is, what age recommendations is the jigsaw puzzle? Eight to 80. Correct. <laughs> they know when they're not wanted. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice little gag. Yeah. What is the rock that Milhouse wants to put in his tumbler? Ah, man. I looked it up and everything. I don't know. I can't remember. It's Feldspar. Feldspar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My second question is, what job did Homer say to Marge that he had? He gave him his business card. Found it in the memory box. He was a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to the T-shirt in the memory box, when was the Rolling Stones' last ever tour? Oh, I... Fucking knew this was going to be a question. I was going yeah. to go back and I thought, nah, you got me. What is it? It's 1989. 1989 was the final tour, wasn't it? Okay. <laughs> uh, and my final question here is, how many days without a suicide? Is that your last one? I, I had a question like that, but I've got a few extra ones up my sleeve. So, right, so three yeah, days three. without a suicide. Yep. Well, it was three days. <laughs> yeah, very morbid joke there. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. a bit. Uh, which one will I choose for you? I've I'm, give me all of them. I'm happy with two of these questions, so I'm going to give you two all of right. them. All right, do it. Um, the proposition number to vote Homer out of Springfield. What's the number? I don't know. What is it? Proposition vote 104. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the voters will decide in October. <laughs> no, November. I think it's November. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> okay. Uh, and one other question for you. Yes. And I don't think we'll get this because this is very throwaway. What is the name of the Nancy Drew mystery that uh, Lisa is reading to Homer? Ah, oh, that is a very good question. You've you've stumped me this week, Mr. Davis. Well done. What is it? It's Clue in the Clock. Clue in the Clock. Well played. You win this week, sir. Hurrah! <laughs> do, I, do I, like, get anything? Or? You get a round of applause. 
from me. And the listeners at home are all clapping as well. Oh, that's better than money or any material good. <laughs> all right, that's trivia. We'll be right back after this short break, guys, with our in-depth review of Three Gays of the Condo. It is time for some Patreon shout-outs, kicking off with Timothy Burleson, Jonathan Rossi, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Adam Sanderson, Reese Roberts, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, the iconic June fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noah. Thank you guys for continuing to be $20 patrons. Also, shout outs to Jordan Hodgson, Little E, Jackson Stefanovsky, and to Lee Shenton, who chucked us a PayPal donation this week. Remember, guys, you don't have to sign up to Patreon to get a shout out. You can also just chuck us a donation to discount at Outlook.com. But if you do want to sign up and get access to a bunch of other exclusive content, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash discount. But for now, sit back and enjoy our review of Three Gays of the Condo. The original air date of Three Gays of the Condo was April 13th, 2003. It was written by Matt Warburton, directed by Mark Kirkland, and the couch gag was the family all dipped in a deep fryer. By the way, before we begin... Yes. Uh, traditional nerdy guy shout out uh, reference thing. Three Gays of the Condo is, of course, a mm-hmm. reference to the Robert Redford Thay Dunaway thriller from the 70s, Three Days of the Condor. Were you thrilled when you watched that movie for the first time? I, I probably was, actually. I, I think, actually, I was probably more thrilled the second or third time I watched it because the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this feels very grown up. What's going on? Oh, wow, that Robert Redford sure is dreamy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then later on you watch it and go, hey, this is really cool. This is well done. Why don't they make more movies like this? Um, plus, Robert Redford, complete fucking style icon in that movie. Blue jeans, really? peacoat, aviator shades. Oh, I think I bought all of those thinking, I too could look like Robert Redford if I wear these items. And did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. I'm like a regular Robert Dedford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the episode kicks off with the family all waiting to see what Marge's activity is going to be for, I think it's like Family Wednesday or something. Family, family Activity Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. That's something like this, that. This yeah. is something you'd have at the Dando house, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Eventually when the kids are a bit older. Homer confuses it for an inter- uh, the intervention of a Pictionary that they that were doing the other day. Mm. Marge shows that she's going to be getting them to all do a jigsaw puzzle called Concert in Golden Gate Park. Unfortunately, though, it's ranked the ages are eight to eighty, so Maggie and Grandpa have to sit out. <laughs> che- uh, an easy gag, but it works. It's funny. It does. It's a terrifying jigsaw puzzle, though. Oh yes, hundred percent. I think. I, I mean, think even someone jigsaw- like you who who knows their way around a jigsaw puzzle and enjoys <laughs> them, I think you'd be intimidated by that shit. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, big ones with crowds. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it at all. <laughs> so the first step, she says, is the funnest: turning the pieces up. For you, when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle, what's the first thing you do? I go for the border pieces. <laughs> the first thing I do is don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember the last time I did a jigsaw puzzle, actually. It's been yeah, a long time. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I should probably get into them a bit more, if just for fun, but also for a brain exercise. Yeah, they're really good for just t- taking your mind off of the shitness of things that's going on in the world right <laughs> of, now. Of life. Yes, yep. <laughs> Bart goes to leave because he's too cool for this kind of stuff, but then Millhouse is at the door and he's fixed his rock tumbler. So he stays. <laughs> Homer then complains, I hate this. It's making me use my arms. Reminds <laughs> me of a guy who I work with. I won't say his name, but he's like, 
the biggest complainer. And last year, we were sent out to the warehouse to help them pick and pack because we were busy at Christmas time. Mm. And his direct quote, I never forgot it, was, Oh, I hate this. I just want to be paid to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't me? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, this guy, this guy just does not like to do any work, and it reminded me of Homer here. He then, he then finds two pieces already connected. We're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> We're then working on a puzzle. I like this here. So they're all working on the puzzle. Who's working on the cement wall? Homer, turn it over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then they, Marge sees how late it is, and you think, oh, she's going to send him to bed. Nope, she gets him some coffee. Because she really wants his jigsaw puzzle finished. I'm one of those people, too, when I start the jigsaw, I can't stop doing it. I want to just keep going and going and going. I get the feeling it would be hard to start again yeah. after you've reached a certain point. Because, I mean, a, a, a jigsaw puzzle strikes me as like, you don't have that little meter saying, you are 70% of the way there. I mean, you probably could tell that by looking at it. You are 50% of the way through this jigsaw puzzle. So, mm-hmm. If I leave it now, I might never start again. I'm going to have to go all the way through. I've got to go all the way through with this. Or when I'm struggling to find a piece, I go for like 10 minutes, I can't find it. I go, right, I'm going. I've had enough. I'm out of here. And then I sit there, I sit there on the couch and I look over at the table and I go, okay, I'll just go one more time. Dando, <laughs> complete me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was great. <laughs> anyway, so they're, yeah, they're all doing the jigsaw puzzle. Homer's trying to use some scissors to, <laughs> to cheat. <laughs> no scissors. That's how the pros do it. And now at school, and Bart is not eating lunch. He's sorting jigsaw pieces at lunchtime. Nelson makes fun of him, eating drywall. I don't. I, mm. Nelson being poor go, jokes never seem to work for me. No, they don't really land. Nah, not at all. Lenny and Carl then come to check on Homer. Is he a rodeo clown? He poochie again? <laughs> <laughs> they explain they're doing a jigsaw. Oh, so I guess he's uh, done with all the fun stuff. Obviously, a little jab at the, the writing, you reckon, there? Or the, oh, good the they've done everything, that the show, done everything in the show they could possibly have done. Hey, Homer, what's with the deranged look? <laughs> Ow! My eye! I'm not supposed to get jigs in it! So many things Lenny can't have in, I mean, yeah, that he can't have in his eyes. The puzzle is now finished. It's the only worthwhile thing Homer's ever made. It wasn't Lisa. Makes <laughs> a little bit annoyed. Prove me wrong, Silent Bob. This next line I didn't like. Uh, Flanders pointing out that they're missing a piece. Yeah, well, you look like you're missing a wife. I was like, ah. I must admit, I laughed. Yeah? It was just, okay. it was so cruel, and but so delivered so quickly. And <laughs> even even Flanders got like, hey, you got me there. At least it fits the Homer Flanders relationship that we're used to it does yeah because homer seems to be a lot more nice to flanders lately and back in the day it was always homer hated flanders <laughs> so he would say <laughs> well this, it's almost like he got reminded of it mm. <laughs> and it's like oh that's right i don't like this guy I better hit him with a jab <laughs> <laughs> they realized that it was the singer's head uh, it is the singer's head that's missing they don't know which who the who the singer is they can't believe it um you know they, they can't believe that they're missing a piece that's like listening to schubert's unfinished symphony and recording City Slickers 2 when he cut off the end. <laughs> yes, was Curly's Gold just a legend? <laughs> and Bart's got nothing. They now start looking for the piece Homer finds. He's, got, he's going through the closet, as you were mentioning earlier, and he finds Marge's memory chest. Clearly an invasion of privacy, by the way. It's taped up. Yes, and they, they 
make that joke a little bit later on. So they he finds the fake business card and the, the ad for the grand opening of Moe's where the floors were sticky with promise. That's right. And also, did you see how Moe's was originally spelt? It was M-E-A-U-X, no. like got the French flourish. Like Was it really? Moe's. I didn't notice that. <laughs> All right, I need both hands for this game. Can you feed me nachos while I play? Why don't you just stop playing? Tell that to the brave crew of the SS Triangle. This is the evil rocks. Take that. Homer, I really don't want to feed you. Come on. You're always saying we should do things as a couple. Oh, this is wonderful. I love you, Atari. Homer, he's just a real, real terrible partner for Margie, isn't he? He's a, he's Ma- a big jerk. Her I mean, look, we all, hey, we all know the allure of asteroids. Oh, exactly, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. but same time, show your lady a little respect. Show a little yeah, class. Exactly. I mean, you're not married yet. Once you've, once you've got the ring on the finger, then you can do what you want. Exactly. You know? <laughs> then you can get fed nachos all you want. I imagine that's the way it is at the Dando household. You know, you... Nicola, you, nacho me. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> But um, but yeah, Homer's just horrible in this flashback here, and I just don't understand how they wrote this and thought Marge is the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's playing asteroids, getting Marge to feed him nachos as he does so. When he realizes, he says to himself, "Well, well first he asks her to um to make out with him behind the dumpster, and he throws up." Blah blah blah. Yeah. It's just it's terrible. It's, it's everything that could go wrong could goes wrong here. It's 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 a teenage love right here. So I was only a teenager and you have too much to drink, but. She says to himself, well, why does she stay with me if she hated me so much because she wrote the letter? And uh, he finds a doctor appointment a few days later. Turns out that he thinks she stayed with him because mm, she was pregnant. We yeah. find out later on. That's not the reason, but um, that's what he thinks at the time. Marge walks in all excited. She's found the piece under Maggie's eyelid. That would have hurt. Indeed. Yeah. Turns out it's James Taylor. She tries singing the uh, the song. It reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. You know that scene? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like that they referred to former... Um, Simpsons guest star James Taylor as the popular singer slash songwriter slash puzzle piece. <laughs> yes, they. Uh, Homer's disappointed though. He he, he he thinks Marge settled with him, and I was like, yeah, and you should be thankful. Yeah, dude, <laughs> punching so far, so far well, above your weight, man. Why why are you angry? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is the joke here where they make fun of the fact that he had to go through it. It's like, Homer, where'd you find it? Where didn't I find it? It was practically everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I've got to go here. Why is he mad with Marge? We've discussed that. So Marge admits that uh, she actually does admit that she resents him behind his back. I was like, oh, yeah. Look, that's a that's a fairly kind of mature thing for the Simpsons to admit. I yeah. mean, you can be in a long term relationship with someone, adore them, but they're still going to do one or two little things to get you going. I mean, not necessarily you, you resent them for it. Yeah, it just felt like a very um. Like they, they use the word resent here. It just felt like a very mean-spirited fight, mm. this, didn't it? Like, like, it's like, oh, so Marge has been resenting Homer her whole life? Oh, it's kind of sad. Mm. I, don't know, that- I don't know. Maybe she's carrying around like she has 90, 92% contentment, 8% resentment. So, yeah, so Homer's just, he's not happy at all, is he? So the following morning, and um, or before that, though, he goes to sleep with someone who's, who appreciates him. He's crying next to Bart. Although, also, I mean, look, it's it's terrible, but at the same time, there was one good line in there with it. He's, I think, you know, Marge says how they've been happy for so many years. Like, I didn't realise you've been counting the years. Homer has now made his breakfast, 
the following morning and it hasn't gone well, has it? He wanted a muffin, but it looks like a bad scrambled egg. <laughs> it looks like he didn't even cook the eggs. No, no, it's just slop. Yeah, but just the, oh, so your husband's too drunk to do it. Oh, well, there are a lot of cans around here. It's yeah, like, you're an alcoholic. You are an alcoholic. <laughs> you are the problem here, sir. <laughs> he gets angry at her, though. Can't keep walking around the eggshells, as we discussed earlier. And then I like the who made you judge Judy and executioner. Indeed. Um, I thought Hot Fuzz was the only one that used that line, but clearly they'd ripped it off from The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Because Hot Fuzz would have been a good 10, not 10 years. Five or 10, or two, five years later, maybe. Yeah. Well, when Hot Fuzz was after Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the it Dead was, was. So I reckon it was around 2008, 2009. Yeah, about then. Yeah, for sure. But it's, look, it's uh, too good a line not to borrow. Exactly. Homer then packs his bags. Um, the kids ask if they're getting divorced like the Van Houtens. Oh, it's nothing like Milhouse's parents. I'm just going to go stay with Milhouse's dad. <laughs> We're now at Bachelor Arms Apartments. They've gone three days without a suicide. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Zero days. They discuss the necktie. This is great. <laughs> if there's a necktie on the doorknob, <laughs> that means they've got a woman in there. You've got no doorknob. Yeah, no necktie either. Just go label your food. <laughs> Once again, Homer's sleeping in bed, except this time it's not him crying. It's all the other people at the Bachelor Arms apartments, and they're all sobbing over their spouses. And Homer's lost, like, lost like, money or just, yeah, just uh, generally howling at the moon. Exactly. He, he can't do this. So he goes to wander back home again. You'd think to ask for Marge's forgiveness, but no. <laughs> so no, no. But he, see, he sees, he sees the, the stupid misleading, misleading silhouette of Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> he then notices the newspaper box. So this here, I feel like this was meant to be Carl. So obviously they assumed they were going to get Harvey Firestein to oh, play okay. Carl to, to be the one to introduce Julio and Grady. But unfortunately, because he said no, they had to quickly throw in this gag, which was just him finding a newspaper box mm. with an, an ad for an apartment to move in with them. I don't think they needed the... Cletus uh, thing? Well, they never need a Cletus thing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Getting rid of Jack Cletus, Cletus. Uh, But they could have had just like a, a newspaper blown down the the footpath by the wind or something, and it sort of smacks Homer in the face. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so it's spacious, river view, $400 a month. He says that's it's his. So he then goes to meet them. He goes past all the different buildings that we mentioned earlier, the different businesses, alternative knife style, <laughs> Armistead's mopeds. He's impressed in a lot of gay bookstores for a straight neighborhood. Notices Fab Abs. They've never had kids. <laughs> then sees Smithers. How happy did Smithers look coming out of that bakery? He looks so stoked. He's got, he's got his blades on, got his uh, his rainbow, uh, rainbow shorts, uh, a nice bag of groceries. Looking very just in tune with the world. Good on you, Wayland. Himself, yes. Yes. Hey, Mr. Smithers! Ha, hello, Simpson. What's the deal with this place? It's so manly, yet scented. <laughs> yes, I seem to have gotten lost on my way to the uh, the uh, the big auto uh, racing festival, so I've never been here before. Hey, Waylon. Who's the bear? <laughs> oh, is that the Mr. Burns you're always talking about? No, he's nobody. Shut up, Stuart. Nice to meet you, Stuart. <laughs> is this Mr. Burns you're always yeah. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the bear? Rough. <laughs> so good. But as you pointed out earlier, bye, Stuart. Oh, is it nice to meet you, Stuart? <laughs> nice to meet you, Stuart. <laughs> like Smithers is embarrassed. And it's like, why are you embarrassed? Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> he then goes to meet with Grady and Julio. They explain they have a very active social life. Homer compares it to the sub the Subway Club. And the guy used to be fat, but now he's just ugly. Yeah, and now he's in jail because he's a pedo. <laughs> Is he really? Jared? Yeah. Do you know the story of Jared? No. Oh, 
Hang on, Basie the cat is being ridiculous here. Hold on. Evan, Evan Basie the cat's flabbergasted. She, <laughs> he hasn't heard it either. <laughs> just, that was the sound of the cat passing out. <laughs> no, no. Um, we won't go into it in great detail here, but just look up Jared Subway scandal. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Yeah, no, I yeah. think he's, I'm pretty sure he's still in jail, but no. There you go. Yeah. He was my hero, man. What can I tell you? No, the sandwich was the hero. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but this line here though about that the guy used to be fat now he's just ugly. For some reason, that's one that always I I always remember, I remembered it was in this episode. It's one that always stuck with me. I don't know why. It's just it just it's always been one that I've remembered. Um, but they explain that they're the guys who like guys. Oh, you guys are those guys who like guys. <laughs> trying to tell me that you guys are those guys that like guys? That's right, Homer. We're gay. You are? Hmm. Which will win out? My old-fashioned prejudices or the fact that I've already mixed my laundry with yours? I'll have to sleep on it. (laughs) He's sleeping in the pantry. (gasps) My spices. My spices is great. We didn't point out that uh, Grady was played by Scott Thompson, the comedian. Ah, from Kids in the Hall. Yes, so I think it's important that they included a homosexual actor to play the role because if you had Hank playing both roles, it would have been mm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay for him to be doing the, the accent for one of them, but yeah. the fact that Scott is doing the show and he's playing this role, it's obvious that you know he's cool with it. He's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's fine to be doing this, yeah. I'm pretty sure Scott Thompson also ended up on the cast of Hannibal, one of my favourite shows. Oh, you do like that show, don't you? I do. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think Hank also welcomes the opportunity to sort of drag out his birdcage accent as well. Yeah, this is this is his cliche gay voice mm. for sure. But I, I thought um, Scott was really good in the role. Oh the, yeah, my, absolutely. My spices. <laughs> I don't want to sound sort of patronising or condescending when I say this, but clearly very funny, but also brings a real humanity to a role that you know doesn't have a lot of meat on the bone to say. I mean, no, you don't know all, really. really know a whole lot about Grady, but you sort of do get to know him. Yeah. In the course of this episode, and I think Scott Thompson does a really good job in just sort of helping flesh out this guy, bring him to life. You kind of feel sorry for him. It's just like he doesn't feel like he's um, appreciated, does he, by Julio? Yeah. You guys lead a fascinating life. Like, why are you reading the New York Times? You don't live in New York. Oh, I despise the Springfield Chopper. What is that? All the headlines are jokes. Ooh. Ugh, where'd you buy this? From the guy on the exit ramp? This is disgusting. I'm down, picky Ricardo. He made us a great breakfast, and you're just riding his butt. And not in a good way. Thank you, Homer. It's a pleasure cooking for you. Well, get used to it, because I'm gonna stay. <laughs> it's a good shout-out, actually, but sorry, mate, but uh, it's a good yeah. shout-out to the Springfield shop. All those headlines are jokes. Yeah. <laughs> they always are. I mean, that's the. Uh, it's a great sort of little meta-commentary on the show. Exactly, yes. So then Grady decides Homer's the guy because um, Homer's just going to stick around. So he gives him the keys to the lotion cabinet. Julio's not too sure. As Grady points out, if you've got a male roommate, you can walk around naked. But And it's also better than that. <laughs> who who that, the girl she listed Mother Earth? Mother Earth is her reference. Homer walks off naked. The family are now starting to get used to or trying to get used to having no Homer around. Lisa, you know, she, she can't go to sleep until she reads him mm. the bedtime story. Then he calls up on the phone. I love the, no, Dad, I'm sure she won't be killed. Because <laughs> you can just imagine, oh, oh. she'll be killed. <laughs> she'll be all right, won't she? Yeah. <laughs> At Victor Victoria's, another little funny title there. Mm-hmm. Get the montage of Homer trying on different just clothes. And- bulging out of everything until they finally throw a course on her. 
the follow up though. I, I just cackled yeah, like an absolute fiend at this bit where Hope gets the gets two of his remaining hairs cut off. That'll be a hundred dollars. I see just yeah. throws his coffee in the guy's face and it's off. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that was oh, okay. so funny. Homer brings down um, the kids back he's obviously had his day with them. He took them antiquing and they took photos of interesting doors and gates. Marge is annoyed here because, you know, everyone's against Marge. She's done nothing wrong. She's sitting there, oh, your father's thoughtful when he wants to be. Here is, here's verbatim the note that I wrote about this. Marge has nothing to apologise for. No, not at all. Yeah. Like Lisa saying, Marge, uh, Dad, uh, Mum, just apologise to Dad. I was like, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I like Bart's whole bit of uh, You don't have to mean it. Just, you know, no, I've, you, I've, I haven't made an apology I've said in years. Yeah, teachers are had to pretend to to, to um to apologise, but I did like the Dad, your hands are so soft. Oh, you noticed <laughs> using long com. <laughs> now Homer at the nightclub. I thought you would have really appreciated how happy Homer was dancing. It was like, <laughs> you just seem really getting into it. Just the yeah. unbuttoning like, a few buttons yeah. and then it's the shirt off and you know, doing the butt slap and everything. Oh, yeah, it was just, really, that, just that initial, just like arms up in the air. Yeah. He was having a fucking great time. <laughs> There's there's no better feeling. I I don't claim to be the greatest dancer, um, and I haven't really danced for a very long time. But that feeling when you sort of really get into the groove, when they're just playing good song after good song, and you've got a little bit of a, you've probably got a bit of a buzz on, a bit of adrenaline thing going as well. It's just like, mm, mm, mm. yeah. No one's judging you. You're letting loose. You're having yeah, a good time. You're probably too drunk to you know to care, care. that anyone. Yeah, <laughs> look at that guy. So, yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I just thought it was really good. But just before he starts dancing, Grady questions him about how he went with the kids and Marge, and Homer points out that Marge is still angry with him. So they're kind of planting the seeds here mm. about Grady interested in the like he's, he's intrigued. Oh, so you don't think it's going to work out between you and Marge mm. and that kind of thing? Because I've read several reviews, and they've all said that they, there wasn't enough planting a seed for Grady to kiss Homer at the end. I thought, well, if you know it, that's coming, go back and watch it again. There actually are quite a few moments where oh, you yeah. think, well, the, well, the plant in the seed, but a good seed plant is one that you don't notice. Yeah, and I mean the fact that there's a little bit of discontentment between Grady and Julio. Exactly. Yep. And, and Homer sticks up for him. Yeah, I mean it's it's all there, but they've only got a short period of time to do it. But I think they do it very effectively in the short period of time that they do have. Actually, we didn't point out as before when um Marge she doesn't throw Homer out, but she tells him to leave because he asked about the leg waxer. His little dog. <laughs> That's right. A little Upso, Lapso, Alpso. Lava, Lava Apso or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, not one of, the, one of those dogs. But um, but yeah, so Homer's at the, at the nightclub. He's having a great time. And then we get Mole Man. I didn't think it was possible, but watching him makes me more lesbian. Lesbian? This isn't my army reunion. You're coming home with me. Yes, Colonel. Grady now explains to Homer all the different celebrities who are gay. Tennessee Williams, how do you survive the world of theatre? <laughs> Marge has now hired Will Al to play a tune. I thought, what? Why is why is she hiring? Why? <laughs> anyway, let's 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 enough back complaining about. It. We've we've acknowledged it. it. Doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I really liked Homer's "Another One Bites the Crust." I think that was the better title. <laughs> Even though the two songs were basically the same. Yes. I would um, I would totally listen to that for sure. Um, but he sings the little ditty about Mar- Homer and Marge, which is a fun little ditty, isn't it? It is. Now, here's a song I wrote for you. Mm-hmm. 
little ditty about Homer and Marge. Her heart was as big as his stomach was large. Oh yeah, they say love goes on. Long after the grilled cheese sandwich is gone. <laughs> it would take a man of stone with a funny bone of steel to resist that. Homer, would you at least let me take you out on a date? I don't know. Date a chick with kids. Dad. All right, all right. Nice work, Lisa. Thanks, Julio. I love you as a blonde. Oh, you do? Oh, God, Lisa, if I was an eight-year-old straight boy, I swear to God, I'd be still holding your hand right now. <laughs> so Homer then shaves um, shaves his face, getting ready for the date with Marge, but Marge likes a bit of stubble, so he sprays them back on. They offer Homer margaritas, though, and that, unfortunately, is the Uh-oh. beginning of the end. Oh, Alcohol, yeah. once again, is the, is the problem. So he's late to his date at medieval times with Marge, and it, it cuts to Homer just drunk with, with Julio and, uh, and Grady. And... Actually, let's think about this. Uh, think. It's easy to look at Homer being the bad guy here, right? But did Grady get him drunk so that he would miss the date? Oh. Well, who made margaritas, though? They both did, but Grady would have known that he had the date. Mm. So did Grady sabotage? Have? Do you think they're aware at this stage that Homer will have one too many, maybe well, once around, too often? They're, they're, yeah, but they're sitting around... Not like Grady would have known that he had the date. Yeah, but he doesn't um, say anything. Interesting. I wonder if they were going for that. I don't know. But I wonder whether Grady was the one who sabotaged or tr- attempted to sabotage anyway. Oh, now I don't believe in nothing no more. <laughs> I liked Grady. <laughs> doesn't matter what sexual preferences you are, unless you're a celebrity. Then it's dish, dish, dish. <laughs> Realizes that um, he's late, and uh, you know you've got a gay time machine, have you? What is that? Yeah, Grady's shoe closet or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see. Julio is clearly not appreciating Grady. I mean, I think one element of a successful relationship is able to occasionally do a good burn on your partner. Yeah, but he's a bit bit too much. Bit, yeah. bit too much, yeah. I don't yeah, it feels like there's a bit of an imbalance in the in the Julio Grady household. I think uh I'll be I'll say it, I think Julio's the bitch. <laughs> Homer arrives uh to medieval times just as they'll put the light the spotlight on him. And uh, Marge is very, very embarrassed by it all, and she storms out. <laughs> because you were spending time with your homosexual boyfriends and then passing all the pillars of the community. And Duffman. And Duffman. Duffman. <laughs> Grady then chats with Homer. I feel like David Spade without Chris Farley. Alone and useless. That's a good burn on Spade. <laughs> it is, yeah. And then Grady... What, what do you remember Spade for? I remember Spade for Just Shoot Me. That was what, that was what he was big for. When I was growing up. Primarily for Tommy Boy, I think. And, and the okay. stuff he was doing on SNL where, you know, he had... Sandler and all that around. Yeah, him. David Spade's Hollywood Minute. Um, yep. Where he, he got in real... Oh, not real trouble, but... I think he, Eddie Murphy's career wasn't going so well. And Spade said, put up a picture of Eddie Murphy and said, Look, kids, a falling star. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy was like, man, fucking SNL. I'm, I'm never coming back. So <laughs> it took him ages to sort of, you know repair his relationships with the, with the show and Lorne Michaels and all that. <laughs> okay, there you go. I remember being a kid and liking Just Shoot Me and then seeing that the guy, David Spade, was getting his own movie called Joe Dirt. Oh, yes. Then I, then I watched Joe Dirt and went, he shouldn't have movies. <laughs> <laughs> you should not have solo movies. <laughs> yeah. Like Dickie Roberts, former child star, or Joe Dirt 2, which nobody asked for, <laughs> especially not Dando. I was think, there a Joe Dirt too? I think there was. Wow, we okay. Sounds like a straight to DVD release. I think it might have been too. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think Spade's kind of a supporting guy, or 
well, even even Just Shoot Me wasn't the star. I mean, Laura Sanchez-Gomo no. was the star. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Spade was just the guy. Cut to David Spade saying something snarky. He was the Chandler of the show, the little wise guy. Yeah. yeah. Grady's now chatting with Homer, having a, a D&M. Fact is, certain people just aren't right for each other. You gave it a chance, it didn't work. At least you tried. But it was Marge, my first and only love. I'm like David Spade without Chris Farley, alone and useless. Oh, Homer. A guy as cool and special as you will have no trouble. Believe me. Wow. Wow. I never realized you felt about me that way. We should really take some time to talk and... I just end up hurting you! So we're now at Moe's and Homer's about to realize that alcohol is the problem, but Moe shoves the medicine down. Yeah, lush ya. <laughs> so Moe's the bad guy here. And uh, then he drops him off at the hospital. So... Are we supposed to think that Mo is the one who is preventing Homer from being a good husband slash father? I don't think we put all the blame on Mo. I think I think Homer has to face some responsibility for this. That is true. And they actually will um, acknowledge this once we get into the credits. But we'll talk about that when we talk about that. Okay. Well, Hibbert then explains to Homer that Marge was actually really devoted to him on the night that he thought that she hated him. He plays the tape because he thought the nurse was stealing the sponges at the time. He's stable now. I'll leave you two alone. Only I was so worried about you. I was really mad at you tonight. But you're a good person, and that's what I see most of the time. Whatever problems we have, we have a lifetime to work them out. Together. So she didn't hate me. She married me because she loved me. And I still do. Marge, I never want to be apart from you again. Well, you'll never have to. That is the best kiss I've had tonight. Or was it? Homie, what are you thinking? Manly thoughts. Mm-hmm. Or was, was it? it? <laughs> That's a nice little nice little mini yeah. grenade to throw in there. And then we cut to Hibbert, who's watching the tape, and he sees the nurse stealing sponges, which was apparently a take on an old film or something. Not that I'm aware of, but... Uh... So, uh, it's, it's a take on... The closing scene with Dr. Hibbert watching the tapes and saying, all I have now are my tapes is an allusion to Samuel Beckett's uh, play, Crap's Last, Last Tape, Tape. Oh, okay. of which, which the central theme is an old man recalling his history by playing audio tapes. Which I've never seen. Okay, well, there you go. Okay. It, did, it didn't need the sponge line. You needed a reason for, for Hibbert recording things, though. I guess so, but if, you just, if it had just ended on the nurse sort of walking past with an armful of sponges, I mean, we're, we're no dummies. We know that just a few minutes ago we were talking about stealing sponges. You didn't need to have Hibbert say... She was stealing sponges. Like, we know, Doc. <laughs> yeah, that's actually... We got uh, it. Yeah. It, been, it probably would have been funnier without it. Anyway. Yep, that's a fair point. Yeah, but we end with um with some more Weird Al, which was a nice way to send off during the credits, wasn't it? It was indeed. And uh, as Weird Al sings, the new never dealt with his alcoholism. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there's, let's there's not put the blame on Mo, even though he's an enabler and a pusher. But uh, no, Homer, show some responsibility. But three games of the condo, a winning episode. Well, it, des- it deserved the Emmy. I mean, I really like Jurassic Park, but that one makes me sad, and I don't actually ever watch it because it makes me too sad, that episode. Mm, Have you so ever watched Jurassic Park for Futurama? I, I know it, and I've watched it, and yes, I'm never watching it again. There are certain yeah. things that you watch once, and you don't need to watch them again. They sort of <laughs> they take up residence upstairs. It's like, hey, remember that episode with the... With the- no, I remember the episode with the dog. Don't tell him about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
but um but yeah this one definitely had more laughs and yeah it's it's as enjoyable now as i remember it being when i was younger i think i enjoyed it more now than i did back when i was younger for sure indeed it's a very good episode yeah to to quote a piece of pop culture uh with um the homosexual uh themes that hasn't aged as well as three gays with a condo i'm giving this episode two snaps up <laughs> what's that from that's from <laughs> in living color uh, oh, with, okay, yes. Yeah, used to have the um, the Flaming Gay Film Critics or something. I would think it was Damon Wayans and... Um, oh, called the Flaming Gay Film oh, Critics? Maybe just the Gay Film Critics, but they were flamingly gay. <laughs> um, oh, my homosexuals, flaming. <laughs> That's where it comes from. <laughs> anyway, well, Two Snaps Up is a seal of approval, uh, which I'm giving it. I liked this episode. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? I learned that... If you feel you have been overcharged for a haircut, just throw your coffee in the in the in the hairdresser's face. It's very similar to what I was going to have. It's okay to bail when you don't have money. It's, it's a terrific life, yeah. Not just for hairdressers. This works in just about any situation, I imagine. I learned that I really want to be referred to as a bear at least once in my life. <laughs> it's not that great. I'm, I'm, I think I am re- regarded as bearish, but but not a not a teddy bear. I want to be just oh, grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it give it time, and also just let yourself go. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll get there eventually. You're too lean to be a bear. And that, just more chicken tender deals at KFC, and I'll be halfway there. That's right. <laughs> They've got some decent new burger on. They had like coleslaw and stuff. It was really nice. Yeah, it's a new menu. Yeah, the crunch one. Yeah. Arr. From this day forward, your names will be. All right, new names for three gays of the condo. The current leaderboard stands at this. In third position, we have Luke McKay on nine, Talia Enriquez on 12 in second, and Philip Hawkins on 22 in first. Hit me, Mr. Davis. Okay, let's go straight to three, two, one, and starting with one. Uh, It's Steve Roberts. Steve Roberts, come on down. Mm, He gave us, for one point, Grady Expectations. Oh, well done. I like it. I quite like that. I've been... uh, yeah, you know, Grady does have certain expectations of what might happen. Mm. He lays that big smooch on Homer, but it was not to be. I'd only hurt you. <laughs> that puts Steve Roberts equal third on nine points. So well done, Mr. Roberts. Nice work, Steve Roberts. Two points. Go to Nora Coca. Two points. She got three last week and two this week. She's climbing that leaderboard. Mm, she's she's make- also now equal third position on nine. Making a run for the top, making a, mm. a bid for the throne. Two points for Domestic Bliss. Oh, that's uh, very good. Always with the does, it's always going to get you a couple of points, isn't it? They are. They are. Well, not always. But, not always, uh, but it's, a, it's, a, it's halfway there. <laughs> not always, but often. Uh, and three points. Mm-hmm. And these were too good and too similar to, to sort of divide. So two people are getting three points apiece. Okay. One of them is Talia Enriquez. <sighs> Wowee, Talia. She is now on 15. Wowee, what has she got? She gave us Queer Eye for the Barfly. That's great. And, and it's very topical at the time too because the show was big. I think the show had just started in 2003. So, yeah, well played, Talia. Indeed. But the other person getting three points. Oh, no. And That's not, is it? They're streaking ahead. It's Sorry, it's Philip Hawkins. Oh, no way. <laughs> Rigged. Now, what's, what's Phil sending this week? I actually, did, actually, I did see Phil. Phil commented almost straight away, and I read that and went, oh, that's going to win. <laughs> well, he gave us B-Rye for the straight guy. Yeah. yeah. Both of which are good, both of which are fairly similar. I couldn't give it to Talia and not uh, give uh, Mr. Hawkins his props as well. So there it is, folks. 
Yeah, yeah, that's 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 perfect. Yeah, so there we have it. So Philip Hawkins still ten ahead of second, which is Talia Enriquez, and now Steve Roberts, Luke McKay, as well as Nora Coker are all equal on ninth. Uh, nine points. We have DL and uh, Nick Patterson just trailing behind, not by much, but it looks like it may be Phil's title, but he's, there's still a chance to, um, to steal it from him. There's still a few more episodes left this season, but if you mm. want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, just going to be a patron of Four Finger Discount. Support the community and support the show. Go to patreon.com slash discount. But for now, Mr. Davis, it's time for the mailbag. The mailbag. JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh! All right, first one comes here from D.L. Gorman, and they say, Growing up, did you ever have a piece of media that you viewed repeatedly because it allowed you to be in touch with a part of your identity that you otherwise couldn't be in daily life? For them, this episode was one of those. Even if it didn't, even if it doesn't highlight the exact part of the LGBTQ plus uh, community that they identify with, growing up, it was hard to find any position, oh, sorry, any positive LGBTIQ plus uh, representation in media, and even harder to find episodes where that was the spotlight. So finding it in something I love so much like The Simpsons was a godsend, and I watched this episode to death when the DVD finally came out. See, I've got so many people have commented mm. saying this episode was a bad representation of the community. Clearly it's not. Clearly some people disagree with you. Clearly people from the community disagree with the people who aren't from the community who say it's bad. Indeed, and thank you for sharing that with us, DL. Yes, much appreciated. Thank you, yeah, we do. I do love when people open up their hearts like that, and I'm glad to hear. So thanks, DL. I'm glad you really enjoyed the episode. I'm glad that this episode was able to give you something to, uh, to enjoy and to watch. To answer that question, for the, saying on the topic of The Simpsons, I really enjoyed, and it's why it's one of my favourites, was The Springfield Files, because it incorporated my love of sci-fi, like Star Wars and mm-hmm. X-Files and that kind of thing. I didn't watch the X-Files, but I just loved that kind of thing, sci-fi, aliens, and that appearing on The Simpsons made it, because none of my friends really were into that kind of stuff, so it made me feel like, oh, it's okay to like that, because The Simpsons liked yeah. it. So that, <laughs> The Springfield Files sort of gave me a similar vibe. What about yourself? Look, I'm trying to think of actual specific instances, but I'm, I know that there is no greater feeling, and this is maybe related to what DL's talking about here, mm-hmm. when, and I noticed primarily with books, although I'm pretty sure it occurs with, with music and TV shows and movies as well, that there's no greater feeling than when you start something and you feel like it was made especially for you, that, mm-hmm. you know, that's... Uh, oh, this person sort of looked a bit into my head and to my heart when they were writing this or when they were putting this together. And, yeah, they they knew that uh, this was just what I needed to, to read or to see. Yeah, I mean, um, look, I, I can certainly think of a few books that did that. I mean... Music I is a big one, you're right. But music is definitely a big one as well. But, uh, yeah... Unfortunately, nothing sort of leaping to mind at the moment. Yeah, but no, but there's maybe, definitely songs out there that you re- there's I'm, songs out there you relate to for sure. Yeah, I'm just not as big a sharer as as Dia or Dando <laughs> for that matter. Uh, a couple more here, and we'll wrap this up. That's my new catchphrase. We'll wrap this up. Wrap it up. So Kenny Gad says, "Is this episode an indication of the change in attitudes towards homosexuality since homophobia?" Well, that's an interesting question because I feel like they regressed to an extent with the gay jokes in episodes prior to this one, but this one hopefully is a step forward in a positive direction. I think so. I mean, we've talked in the past, I think when we were certainly when we were doing last season, mm. that there was a feeling in the early 2000s that a lot of the hard work had been done, particularly in the 90s. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, I think, should get a, a bit of praise for that. I mean, her coming out as a lesbian on her show and in real life, I really think took a, things a few steps forward for the, uh, for the community, as we're saying. And I think maybe a lot of creative people thought, okay, well, like I said, the hard work's done. 
everyone's in on the joke now. We can sort of make jokes that uh, that feel inclusive or that we feel are inclusive, but are still a bit like the old school gay jokes. The jokes weren't that elegant or even that inclusive. They still felt like they were making fun. And yeah. it's like, but guys, we're all part of the gang now, you know. You know, we're just having a go at each other. It's okay. I think this episode, yeah, does indicate a few or does you know, have a few steps forward in the right direction. This feels both funny and inclusive. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know we're using the I word a lot, but uh, it's but it's an important one. Which you know, after reviewing the episode, it's made me realise more why it won the Emmy. You know, it actually is a pretty solid episode, and considering mm. when it came out, it, yeah, like you, like you were just saying, it was um, it was definitely a step forward. All right, final question here from Becky Manners: What is your favourite Weird Al Yankovic parody song? Hers will always be "The Saga Begins." She can never hear American Pie the same way again. What about? <laughs> I've never really been into Weird Al. I think it was just a little bit before my time, and none of my adults that were in part uh, that were a part of my childhood really. In, uh, introduced me to his music. I mean, he was bigger in the, the 80s, I guess yeah. you could say, early 90s, but he had like um, Fat, didn't he, instead of Bad? Was that one? I'm he fat. did. And, and well, probably my favourite because he did a few Michael Jacksons. Yeah. Uh, and I liked Eat It a lot. Eat to It, the, yeah. To the tune Eat of Beat It. it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it nailed, the, it nailed the music and the lyrics were very, very clever. I mean, growing up, I remember he did release songs in my time. I think he did a parody of Eminem or whatever, but it was kind of just like, oh yeah, it's that old guy that's copying songs. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really my thing. And it's not saying it was bad; it was highly successful. It just wasn't really my thing. So you, you like eat it, yeah? Yeah, I think Weird Al has had one of those typical showbiz careers where he's big for a while, then goes through a phase where everyone's like, oh, yeah, Weird Al, I guess. And now he's kind of at the stage where it's like, you know, Weird Al's done a lot of good stuff. Props to Big Al. Not Big Al, Weird Al. <laughs> weird Gay Al. A <laughs> uh, little teaser for our South Park podcast. We are halfway through season one. If you want to check it out, first few episodes are available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Or if you want to be a patient, we're up to episode, uh, we just put episode death, our review of death up. So you can check that out as well. We should maybe jump right ahead and do that post-COVID special that they put out recently. It was pretty funny. We 100% should, yeah. I'm looking forward to all the specials they pump out for, um, for Paramount Plus because they just got that big contract, the big fat contract yeah. that bought them a bigger house. <laughs> well, bought, they bought the restaurant as a result, didn't they? They, they did indeed. What, what did yeah. they buy? P.F. Chang's or... No, no. no that, Casa Bonita. Uh, Casa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is our South Park podcast going down to South Park available. Also, check out Talking Seinfeld and the podcast I do with my wife, Nicola, the one about friends, all available, <laughs> the first few episodes on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. <laughs> I'm just out of touch. I just want to say, my wife, every time you say my wife, Nicola. Sorry. <laughs> All right, that is three gays of the condo. Hope you guys enjoyed the review. Love to hear from each and every one of you. Send in your questions and your messages to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Mr. Davis, next week we're going to be reviewing an episode called Dude, Where's My Ranch? with a family move out to a cowboy ranch. I watched this one recently and it's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't, when, it, when it finished, I remember thinking, oh, that was kind of a whole lot of nothing. But, you know, I find episodes that... I tend to remember not liking too much. I go into these reviews and by the time I'm finished actually discussing it with yourself, 
I tend to enjoy them a lot more. And re- re- they're not that bad. Such <laughs> anticipation for the, for the next episode of Four Fed Dicks Out. It's fine. Yeah. That episode's not that bad. <laughs> Dude, Where's My Ranch is going to be next week's episode. Don't forget, guys, if you do want to support the show and in return get access to a bunch of exclusive content, which will, in December, include our audio commentary of Gremlins, Ooh. as well as our late, the latest Four Fed Dicks classic review we just put up, which is Mr. Plow. That's my name. That the name again, again is, is Mr. Mr. Plow. If you want to hear Guy and I discuss that classic episode, <laughs> it's going to be a Patreon, patreon.com slash four-finger discount. And we're going to be doing a very special uh, review for December, a four-finger discount classic. We usually let the patrons decide, but I've got one in mind that I really want to review. So I'm going to take it out of their hands and I'm just going to decide for them. Wow. I know what the listeners want, Mr. Davis. <laughs> you do indeed. And it's more Dando, less Guy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And if you do want to get in contact with us, it's SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners? <gasps> My spices. Shh.